Good afternoon. It's good to see everybody here, and I mean everybody, although my wife probably should be at home. Um. <laughs> but we're glad she's here, glad she feels like she can. I'm glad she feels like she needs to be, even though, uh, even though she's injured and, and would have every reason to be home. Um, there's just something about being together with God's people that, that, uh, that I'm thankful that she has a desire to be here. We're going to uh, continue our, our study as we go through uh, the, the, the teachings of Christ. If you remember, uh, Jesus said that, they, that the disciples would go forth and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And uh, as, as we're all called to be disciples, uh, but we can't be disciples if, if, first of all, we're not doing what God's called us to do and taught, what Jesus taught us to do, or if we aren't able to teach others because we don't know what they are. So it, it's nothing new. There, this isn't, uh, these aren't things that you haven't heard, um, lessons or, or messages that you haven't heard preached or you couldn't figure out yourself. There's, the truth is there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody's preached it before. Uh, somebody's gone through these. Jesus preached it first. Uh, that's, it's a good thing, but uh, it's good for us to remember to stir up and remember those things, so that uh, so that listen. There may come a day as I'll, I know it sounds. I'm not trying to predict doom and gloom in the future, but we've been blessed in America, America to have the Word of God and to to be able to read and study the Word of God. And, and, and to have the freedom to do that. There are countries that today still do not have that freedom. Uh, they, there, are, there are languages that the Bible still is not printed in. Uh, and they, they, they don't have the word. Uh, and, and the truth is, who knows what's going to happen? We don't know. There may come a day when uh, they, they begin to, to take away the Bibles and they burn the Bibles. And as I've, as I've read that, the book, uh, God Smuggler, he talks about going into these, 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 these countries and, and they pr- pretend like there's religious freedom, but in different ways they, they hinder it. One of those ways is they were, uh, you, weren't, you were just unable to find a Bible. Uh, if you already had one, you were fortunate. But if you didn't already have one, you couldn't buy one. Uh, he, would, he went to a bookstore, and, and, uh, and they had books on all kinds of things, Christian books and books about how to live your life and all those things. But you know what they didn't have? Bibles. And the reason they, didn't, they weren't allowed to sell Bibles until the new translation, which, they, which the government was, was working on, was finished. Except for even though it was finished, they didn't let them print it. So uh, there was always just this hope that one day we would have it. Uh, and that happened in lots of countries. And there were places where he'd go where there'd be one Bible per church. There'd be places where there were no Bibles in the church, and, and or only the pastor had a Bible. I'm thankful that we have the Word of God, uh, that we can study it and read it. Uh, but one day we may not have it, so let's 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 put as much of it deep into our soul and into our minds and into our hearts as we can. So Matthew chapter five, uh, we're going to talk about and and go talk about verse 5 as we look at the, at this particular beatitude. It says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your word. And, and Lord, while sometimes the, the things that your word teaches doesn't necessarily make sense to us or, or seems to be 
difficult for us. Uh, God, I pray that you'd help not just to, to learn it, Lord, not just to read it or to know what it says. Lord, I pray that your word would dwell richly in each one of us. And Lord, that you might have your way in us, that your spirit might have control over us, and that you might bless this time. Lord, I ask for the, the, the power of the spirit uh, to enable me, uh, to strengthen me, Lord, to give me the very words which I'm to speak. Lord, that, uh, that there would be none of me in this message, Lord, but it would be all of you. We ask that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We live, and has been this way for a very long time, uh, in, the, in the world, it just seems like the stronger you are, the better. The more powerful you are, the more success you're going to have. The more wealth, the more fame, the more, for, what do they say, uh, fortune favors the bold, right? There's, there's this idea this, that the, the survival of the fittest, the, uh, the, the best you can do. If, you go, if, you're, if you're at your job and you're the best one at your job, man, you, you have a job. If, you, if, you, if you're stronger, if you're faster, if you're smarter, man, you have an edge over the competition. And that's, that's, uh, that's this idea that, that, uh, that the world has. The stronger you are, the more successful you're going to be, uh, whether it's in business, in finance, uh, in, in your health, uh, in whatever. Uh, that's this idea. But, but Jesus here is teaching uh, new thoughts, a new, a, new, a new outlook. And you have to remember, he's talking to the Jews who were occupied by the Romans. Uh, who had control in, in Israel at that point in time? Romans, they were under Roman rule. Now, the things they they were allowed to that they did as far as following the Jewish law, it was only because the Romans let them do it. Rome was in control. What were they looking for in a Messiah? They were looking for someone to come in in power and in victory and kick the Romans out and set up an earthly kingdom. The disciples, even at the end, were still asking, "Is it time for your earthly kingdom?" No. So Jesus here is teaching, uh, his teachings are, are different. And this, this particular beatitude, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not the strong, not the intelligent, not the powerful, not the one with the biggest army, nor the one with the most money, not with the one with the most fame or fortune. The meek shall inherit the earth. It, was, it, it, just, it didn't make sense uh, to, to the Jews, uh, but... but uh, but it's what Christ was teaching, and, and, and there was, there's a reason for it, and we're, we're going to, to get to that. But again, I want to remind you, it says, blessed are, blessed are the meek. When we talk about being blessed, it's not talking about general happiness. It's not talking about just being happy. Things make us happy, do they not? For a short period of time. But do, how many of you have ever, ever gotten a new car or a new motorcycle? Are you happy when you get your new car? What about when you scratch that new car? Oh, suddenly not happy. What if you wreck the motorcycle? Oh, <coughs> excuse me. I got an itch in the back of my throat. Our happiness, uh, can, uh, when, when it's based upon earthly, temporal things, is only temporary. Uh, and, and this idea of blessedness is, is yes, it's, it's the word happy, but our true joy doesn't come from earthly things. Our true joy, real joy, comes from our relationship with God. First John says, uh, first John, uh, John writes to, to, to 
the believers, that, that, uh, that, uh, that all these things are written so that they might know and that they might uh, have fellowship one with another and they might have true joy, but the real true fellowship is not with mankind, but with God. I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting it, so, so don't get mad at me. Uh, 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 that, that true joy comes in the relationship that we have in Christ, uh, that we have with God. We've been reconciled back unto God. That was the entire purpose of the, of the, the Word of God, the Bible, uh, the, the, uh, the, why Christ came to this earth. Uh, it was all about reconciling man back to God. It, it fulfills that purpose. In fact, if you look all over the, the, the world, you'll find people, uh, people groups that have a desire to have a relationship or, or they're worshiping something. Sometimes they worship the sun. Sometimes they worship creation. Uh, uh, God, this God or that God. Why are they doing that? You, you won't go any place except for in Intel, with intelligent people uh, who think that there is no God. Uh, the, the fact is, if, if somebody denies the fact that there's a God, they're just stupid. And, and, and I'm, I'm saying this in the kindest way possible because they're, they're so intelligent that, that, that they're not willing to admit what they don't know. Nobody knows everything. But they'll say, there is no God. Why? Because they're rejecting God. And, and the truth is, they'll never have real true joy because, again, our joy is in Jesus Christ. That blessedness uh, comes in a relationship with him. It's, it's, not about having, uh, it's not about having things, but it's having uh, our needs met spiritually. Man, uh, that's why David wrote, uh, as, the, as the heart panteth after the water, so doth my soul pant after thee. Uh, he had a desire uh, to have that close-knit relationship with God. These beatitudes deal with Christian character. Blessed are they, verse 3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's talking about humility. And we talked about what it really means to be poor in spirit. Uh, this, uh, this, this idea of humility, uh, and, and we, we likened it unto Lazarus and his, and, and, and his big, you know, man, he had nothing. And he was nothing. He had sores all over his body. He was just desiring to eat from the, the crumbs that the, the, as the dogs ate. That he, he humbled himself before the Lord because he saw God for who he was and, and, and he saw himself for who he was. That's why when he, when he died, he went to heaven because of his faith in God. But, but we, like, we spiritually need to liken ourselves in the same way, that we are humble, that we, are, that we have nothing to offer. And all that we have is, the, is what's given to us by the grace of God of God. Uh, uh, blessed are they that mourn. We talked about that, uh, uh, not last week, so it wasn't here, but the week before. Uh, those uh, that mourn, uh, they, they have a, they're mourning over their sin. As we mourn over their sin, our sin, man, what does that do? It brings about repentance. Uh, Paul says in 2 Second, uh, Corinthians, uh, godly sorrow bringeth repentance. Everybody sorrows. Everybody in the world sorrows. Well, we all lose family members or loved ones. We all go through trials and difficulties. But listen, there is a specific mourning that this is talking about. It's talking about mourning over our sin. And uh, listen, we need to first to be humble. And, after we're, and as we're humble, we lower ourselves and we see our sinfulness and, and as we look at God and see God, just like Isaiah said, woe is me for I am undone. Uh, just like John fell on his face as if he was dead. Just, just like Job saw his sinfulness, uh, that the, the holiness of God are, uh, brings about a contrition, a, broken, a brokenness that, uh, of, of spirit or of heart that comes about. Uh, but that brings about, again, uh, blessedness. Why? Because it brings us about to 
that reconciliation with God. That's why Jesus said, draw nine to me, and or not Jesus, Paul said, draw, draw nine to God, and he'll draw nine to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. It says to let your laughter be turned to mourning. So, uh, again, not something that, that uh, the Jews were, were used to hearing, but, but uh, what a great truth. And these are, these are attitudes that, that we are characteristics of the, in the Christian walk. Today we look at, uh, at verse number five. It says, blessed are the meek. Blessed of the meek. The first thing I want to do is understand what meekness is not. What meekness is not. Meekness is not weakness. Uh, uh, we, we get this, this idea or this, this, this thought that uh, to be meek is just to be very timid, to be very quiet, to be very um, just laid back and every, anything goes. But as we are going to see here in a moment, we're going to look at a few people in Scripture who are described as meek. And, and they will very much prove that meekness is not weakness. Look with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, and 29, we're going to look at those two verses. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest Unto your souls. Who's saying this? Who are these words? If, if you have a Bible written in red, those words are written in red because Jesus is the one speaking. Now, this verse, uh, Jesus himself said, I am meek. I am meek. Was Jesus weak? None of us would dare even, meant, even think to say that Jesus was weak. Uh, he was a man who, who spent 40, uh, 40 days in the desert with the wild beasts, uh, fasting and praying. I don't know about you, but one night alone in the, in the dark, and I'd probably be crying out for my mama, right? Uh, uh, you know, if there's wild, listen, I, I don't mind be, being outside in the dark. I don't mind going camping. But if there are wild beasts all around, better guess I'd probably want a gun in my back pocket or something like that to protect myself. Listen, Jesus didn't need that. He, he was tempted and tried on that, on, uh, in, that, in that time. He wasn't weak. While physically he became weak because of the things that he went through, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, he was not weak. In Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, uh, uh, he, he goes into the temple. Uh, if you remember, if you remember the the the, uh, the, the account, uh, uh, he is the beginning of his ministry, and there there are those that are are selling uh, and ripping people off, uh, defrauding people in the temple as they they sold their wares. And and what did Jesus do? He went in and said, "Excuse me, I don't want to I don't want to bother you or cause any concern, but could could you please not do that?" No. No, no, no. He went in and he flipped over tables. And he took a, a, a he, he took, he raided a cord and he went in and beat people, chasing them out of there. And says, this is to my father's house and this is to be a house of prayer. Meekness isn't weakness. Jesus was very bold. Jesus was, there, there were times when Jesus was righteously angry. There were times when Jesus looked at the, at the Pharisees and said, well, I know you really mean well. 
No, he called them vipers and snakes and white as sepulchers. Listen, he wasn't weak. I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was powerful and strong. And, 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 and man, he, there was a presence about him that people looked at him and they heard him. And, man, it, it just caught their attention. When many times we think of meekness, we think of this timid little mouse-like guy sitting in a corner, afraid to, afraid to make it. Listen, Jesus was meek, but he wasn't weak. He wasn't weak. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 3. Here we have Moses. And then we have a description of Moses. Verse 3 says, And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land, to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children... I'm in chapter 14, sorry. Let's read chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses, there you go, was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. God here records Moses as being the meekest man on the earth. At that point in time, anyway. Jesus hadn't come around yet. But he was recorded as, uh, as, as the, the most meek man on the earth. Now, there was a time when, when, I, I, when God called Moses to, to Israel where he says, I, 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 you know, I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't go. And I, and I can almost see that as being weak. But we can be weak. Men, mankind is just weak. However, I also remember a time when Moses stood before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. I recall a time when the people of Israel were, 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 were crying out, we're going to die, the, 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 the army's right there, and there's nowhere to go, what are we going to do? And he raised that staff above the waters, and the waters separated and they walked across on dry ground. I, I, there, there are many, many times throughout Scripture where, where, he, where we see Moses responding, uh, in, and, and we don't see him weak. We, 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 we see him sometimes lose his temper. <laughs> Do you remember him coming down off of the mountain? And, and man, Israel sinned against God. They built this idol, and man, he got angry, but he got righteously angry. angry. Now, I'm not, not saying he should have broken the tablets, but there was reason to be angry. But he wasn't weak. Meekness isn't cowardice either. Cowardice is, is being afraid and letting your fear control you. And there are, there are cowards in this world. And sometimes there are cowards in the church, and sadly, there are sometimes cowards in the pulpit. If somebody who's, instead of willing to proclaim the truth, will, will, will tell people what they want to hear, that's cowardice in a pastor. The Bible says, says Paul says that the people will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. There will be people, and there are people today that will tell you what you want to hear. You'll go with the, 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 you, people will go into a church, and man, they, they'll just flood in to hear some kind of speech that will make them feel better about themselves. Some speech that will, will, will uplift them a little bit, uh, uh, that they can kind of apply to, but they never preach the word of God. That's, that's a coward. What did Paul tell Timothy? 
Preach the word. Be instant, in season and out of season. Listen, uh, Timothy was a meek man. He was very timid, but he was also one who would preach the word. Paul told him to be an example of the believers. Not, not allow others to look down upon him. So meekness isn't weakness, and meekness isn't cowardice. The word meekness uh, it, it literally means to be yielded. It, uh, there is this, this, uh, this idea, it's used in this idea of taming a wild animal. Taking something that was strong and powerful and, 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 and able to do whatever it wants to do, taking that animal and bringing it to a point where it yields itself to those that it trusts, its master. I think of, I think of the way they used to, uh, I, I used to love watching old Western movies, and uh, one of my favorite TV shows growing up was, uh, uh, not, uh, not Ponderosa, but that, that show, but uh, Bonanza, yes, I love that. They would, they would go and they would break the horses, right? <clears throat> there are different ways in which you can break a horse. Sometimes you, you let people break a horse by breaking their spirit. And they will starve that horse. They will make that horse physically weak <clears throat> so that in fear it, it succumbs to whatever uh, it, the, the person is trying. That is, that, that is not a good way to break a horse. Sometimes they'll hobble a horse. Uh, they'll, 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 they'll tie its feet together so that it's under control because, because uh, it doesn't really have any choice. But those that are really good, I, I, I've actually even heard them referred to as horse whisperers. Uh, they, they'll go and they, they earn the horse's trust. Uh, horses are, are pack animals. They, 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 there's, there's a certain way in which they do things, and they understand how that. that. And, and so the, they'll put the horse on a, on a, on a, on a leash, and they'll, they'll let the horse run around them, and they'll kind of ignore the, uh, ignore the horse and the horse. They, the, what, what's happening is the horse is learning to trust that person. And, and so, so in that building of a relationship between the, the horse and the, and, and, and the trainer, uh, it, it, it trusts him and, and he tames him. Now the horse is still powerful. Man, a, 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 an angry horse, if it really wants to, could stomp the snot out of you. Literally. There'd be nothing left. It'd be flat and there'd be, there'd be mess. It'd be gross. If it wanted to. Uh, I, I, I've always been, I've ridden horses I, I, I like horses, I like to pet them, but there's always something in me that's kind of, eh. Because while they might trust me, I don't trust them. Because <laughs> I know how much power there is in that animal. And if it decided to, I, literally, I saw a video of a man, he was cleaning outside of a horse's stall, and this, was, this must have been a really bad horse. And he was standing in front of the horse's stall, and the horse grabbed him by the back of the neck and literally just chomped on him and threw him across the, the stall. Or the, across. I'm like, ah, I'm not going anywhere near a horse. My wife's terrified of him. We, we have horses up the road, and we'll walk up, and I'll pet the horses because they're on the other side of the fence, <laughs> and I'm on this side. I'll hold up Zeke, and even then, I'm worried they're going to bite me. Right? It's, it, they have power to hurt, but they can be tamed. You can put a saddle on a horse, and you put a bridle on a horse, and if a horse is tamed, if a horse is brought to that point, it will yield to its trainer. It will yield itself to the person that, 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 that's there, and it will allow it to be controlled. Blessed are the meek. Listen, God's not saying you have to be weak. You have to be quiet and sit in a corner. Jesus wasn't quiet, but he was meek. 
Moses was a leader of the people of Israel, led a million people through the desert for 40 years, uh, did miracle upon miracle, saw God work in great ways. Man, he had people rise up against him, including family members, and, and he allowed God to work. Listen, he wasn't weak, but he was yielded. He allowed God to lead him. You know what he didn't do most of the time? What he wanted. He always went to God and says, Lord, what, what do I do with these people? The one time he did do, do what he wanted to do, he got him in trouble. God said, speak to the rock. And he took that staff and he struck it out of anger. And God said, because of that, you won't enter into the promised land. For the most part, he was yielded to God. He was yielded to God. It's interesting that when they used to train a horse, the horse, the word they actually used was the horse has been meeked. It's, it's, it's been conditioned to learn to trust. Now, I want you also to notice where this comes in position of the other Beatitudes. First, you have the, the, the blessed are they, there in verse number three, blessed, back in Matthew, I'm looking at numbers, I'm like, it is not there. Matthew chapter 5, verse, verse 3, is blessed are the poor in spirit. Before you can get to the point where you're yielded, first you've got to understand that your pride will get you nowhere. You cannot be yielded unto God and think, I don't need him. <laughs> That's what gets most of us in trouble. We're, we're not yielded. We're not allowing God to work in our lives. We're not allowing God to lead us and control us. Uh, we're, we're like that, 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 uh, that horse is half trained and, and says, okay, I'll, I'm, I'll, for, I'll do what's right for a little while, but uh, I'm going to kick the rider off now. I, I rode, when I was, oh, I was probably 15 or 16 years old, I, we went over to the, uh, Mark, remember Mark used to shoe the horses? I don't remember their last name. Kaiser? Yes, Mark Kaiser. Uh, he, uh, he, he was a kid in my youth group, and he, as he grew up, he, he, would, he would shoe horses and take, do all those things, and they had horses. And I would go ride on the horse, uh, their, their horses. Did it one time, really. That's the long time I did it. I found out something. The horse would only listen for a little while, and then he'd want to go. If you turn back towards the barn, he'd go from listening to you to running as fast as he could right underneath the tree and try to knock you off the, the horse. He was only half trained. He didn't really trust me. He was just doing what he thought he had to do. But once he, he, he was looking for any way to break, get me off his back. And man, I hit my head on that branch probably 10 times. It was fun, I thought. I didn't really, really realize what was going on, but as long as I ducked, I missed the tree. He was trying to get me off. I thought it was fun because he was running, and I, I liked him. I liked riding on a fast horse. He was trying to get rid of the control that I had over him. We do the same thing. We'll allow God to control part of our lives. We'll, 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 we'll serve him. And, but when, every once in a while, there comes, it comes down to that, that weakness, that, 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 uh, that, that, that temptation that we struggle with. You're like, you know what? I'm going this way. And the Bible says, don't quench the spirit and don't grieve the spirit. But we do it all the time. We, expect, we wonder why God isn't empowering me to, to live my greatest life because you're not letting the Spirit empower you to live your greatest life. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, but be, where in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Mere verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you 
richly. God doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't force control. That spirit's in there, but you have a choice. What did Paul say? That the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit lusts against the flesh in the book of Galatians, and the things that I would do, I do not, and the things that I wouldn't do, I do. What do I do? He says, if you walk in the spirit, if you live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we're allowing, the, if we're yielded to the Spirit uh, and, and allowing the, the Spirit to control us, if we're letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly and change us, guess what? That's meekness. That's meekness. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Verse 19 says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness and the holiness. We allow our flesh to control us all the time. We watch what we want to watch. We do what we want to do. We eat what we want to eat. We, we, we go where we want to go. In doing that, that's our human nature. That's, that, that's that old man. But listen, you, are, you have a new man. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus said, put off the old man and put on the new man. We used to yield ourselves. And as, as, as lost people, we didn't have a choice. Because we were under the dominion of, of Satan. The Bible says that, that Jesus said, if, you, if you've sinned, that you have become the servant of sin. That was all of us. Every single one of us. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I love that verse. Because it, it, it's not that we've just been set free. It's not like Jesus, Jesus just, or like somebody broke in and got us out of jail, and we might get sent back there someday if you get caught. No, you've been given your papers. Your, your, your sentence has been paid in full, not by you, but by Jesus. You're no longer under the control of sin or under the power of sin. Uh, it lost its control. It lost its power over you when, at the cross when Jesus died. When you, by faith, trusted in him. Uh, you're, you're no longer under its power. But sadly, many times, Christians are, are sitting in a, in a cell with the door open and the, their shackles off, and they're sitting there, and they're acting and living just like they're still in bondage. I don't have a choice. God said, and, G, and Peter, Peter said, be holy, for I am holy. God wouldn't tell us to do something that he would not enable us and empower us to do. The, Paul also said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It goes on to say that those things are given to us. Why? That we might be fully equipped. We might be have all that we need. Again, I'm paraphrasing. All that we need that we can live a righteous and holy life. Jesus said, abide me and I'll abide in you. 
says, says uh, uh, if my word abides in you, right? It, it, we're, we're to allow the word of God to, to work in us and, and dwell in us, but we have to be yielded. That's why Colossians 3, 6, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. You have to allow it. We should no longer be yielding our tongue to blaspheme against God. And as, as a child of God, if, you, if you're taking God's name in vain, shame on you. I get, I, I get that sometimes uh, it, it, that's how we used to be, and we hear it all the time. Man, it's on TV. You hear it. Every, you hear a whole lot worse nowadays. Uh, it used to be when I was a kid, uh, uh, on, 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 at least on regular TV, you didn't hear hardly any, any type of swearing. Nowadays, you've got to be careful of, of all of it. But listen, you're to have control over your tongue. And the, the name of Christ, uh, the name of God, isn't to be taken lightly. It's something, it's something flippantly thrown around as uh, like some kind of swear word. But it happens all the time. Shame on us. The things that we watch, guess what? Who puts it there? Who turns the TV on? We do. Who has the power to turn it off? We do. Nobody's forcing you to watch those things. The music that we listen to, well, it just came on the radio. It has an off switch. Don't feed your flesh. Feed your spirit. I was talking to my mom a while back. Uh, it's been probably six months or so ago. And she was talking about how uh, she, uh, she, had, she was just listening to Christian music. Uh, uh, the thren- I don't even know who it was, the Threns or something. Uh, just, it was just music that was uplifting to the soul. And, and how the God touched her heart uh, later on in that day because of, of, of the music that she was listening to. She said, you know, if that wasn't on, uh, my, my, my mind, my heart wouldn't have been in the place that it was. What happened? She fed her spirit. Get in the word. Spend time in prayer. Feed the spirit. Let the spirit have control. You know, you, God is a God that hears. God is a God who answers. And God is a God who will lead you if you'll let him. This last week, I, I, was, I was reading that, that book. I'm, I'm reading it very slowly. Um, there's a whole lot of laundry to do in my house. <laughs> and, and dishes and picking up after Zeke and uh, everything else that, that my wife normally does. And, and I'm not, uh, believe me, I'm not complaining. My wife, I, I know more now than I ever did how much harder she works than me. Uh, there's just so much there. But so I'm reading this, this book slowly, but man, he just had a simple walk with God. He would read the Bible and pray, and he would ask God for simple answers. And then he would go to the Word and expect an answer. And guess what? God led him. And I was like, man, God, why can't you do that for me? And I opened my Bible, like, oh, you just did. Huh. He still works that way. I knew he did. I've seen it's happened before, but sometimes we let our flesh have control so much that we're not letting our spirit have control. And listen, that, that, this whole idea of meekness, blessed are the meek, it's all about yielding ourselves to the Lord, yielding ourselves to the spirit. How do we develop this meekness? Well, first, we must see ourselves as poor in spirit. There's a reason why Jesus said it the way he did in the order that he said it. There has to be humility. 
You're not going to yield if you, there is no if there is no humility. Uh, uh, if you're not re- seeing yourself as one who needs God's grace. Uh, if, there, if there's pride in your heart or in your mind, you're, you're not going to yield yourself to the one who's better than you. Uh, pride, pride is a terrible, terrible sin, and it's it just it, it, well, it comes before the fall, according to the Lord. So we need to be poor in spirit, broken hearted over our sin, mourning. If we've not never been broken, if we've never come to that point, guess what? There's not going to be a yielding to the Spirit in your life. Back in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, I want you to see how Jesus describes this again. He, he, claimed, or he, he declares that he is meek. It says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now notice the next verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and he shall find rest of your souls. He, he tells us to come to him. He, uh, and he gives us uh, this, this picture. Now, now, it's not so, we don't see it so much in today's day and age. But back, de- back then, in the, in the agricultural days, uh, uh, the, the oxen pulling the, wearing the yoke was very commonplace. And he says, take my yoke upon you. My burden is is light. The idea is that we're allowing him to lead us. The guy up the road for me has a little farm, the one with the horses. And uh, this last couple of years, every year I go up, in the summer I was walking up past there, um, I would always see him. He has two ox, two oxen. And, and he has a yoke made specifically for them. Apparently that's how, how they've got to be. If it's not fitted to that person or to that, to that ox, uh, it will cause sores and discomfort and can actually injure the ox. So, uh, but he's, he'll have these two, and he, he's training them. And, and he'll put a stronger one, one that knows more, with one that doesn't. And the stronger one helps along the, the, the one who's never done this before. Listen, Christ tells us to put on his yoke. Say, well, this Christian life is hard. You don't understand the temptations and the struggles I've got to go through. I don't. Jesus did. He was tempted, just like we we are, yet without sin. So he says, come come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It's important for us to, that we're yielded to Christ, that we, that we come unto him and, and allow him to strengthen us and, and to help us. Jesus is to be the Lord of our life. The word Lord means master. Peter said, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Jesus said, you call me Lord, but you do not do the things that I say. See, it's it's easy to say, you give somebody a title. But what Jesus is saying is, you're saying I'm your Lord or Master, but you're not yielding yourself to me. There are many who claim the name of Christ, but that could be them. We need to be responsive to the Word of God. We need to be responsive to the Word of God. Uh, not just hear it, 
but do it. James chapter 1. Verse 21 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It's, it, we can receive the word in many different ways. Have you, ever, have, you, have you ever had to give news to somebody? Sometimes it's good news and sometimes it's bad news. Sometimes you have both and say, which would you like first, the, the good news or the bad news? Sometimes we receive news or communication and we get angry. Sometimes we get insulted. Sometimes we're hurt. Sometimes we sorrow. But it says here to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. That means... We're yielding ourselves to the word. We're not, we're, not, we're not getting angry about it because God just confronted us in our sin. Because the word of God will do that. We're not, we're not, we're not just getting hurt and withdrawing because that happens sometimes. There are people that, well, the preacher said this and I'm not going back. Listen, I don't know any, I, I don't preach a message ever with anybody in mind. I don't know who's tithing, so if I ever preach on tithing, I'm not talking about you. I don't, I don't know those things. I, I, I don't know what's on your social media because I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. Praise the Lord. I, 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 I'm not stalking you on social media. I'm not sitting outside your house and peeking through your windows. I don't know those things. So if God speaks to you, then you probably ought to listen because it ain't the pastor. So what, what do I mean by that? I, I mean, let the receive it with meekness. Uh, in, 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 in Thessalonica, uh, uh, Paul's talking to the church. He says, you, they received the word as it was the truth, the word of God. What's that mean? They, they yielded themselves to it. James goes on to say later, uh, not to be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. And we need to meekly yield ourselves to it. We must be filled with the Spirit of God. Well, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, be ye filled with the Spirit. We see the, we see the, the, the Spirit of God fills, can fill children of God. Now, we're not talking about the indwelling of the Spirit. Every child of God has the indwelling of the Spirit, but not every child of God has been filled with the Spirit or is filled with the Spirit. And we know this because of Acts chapter 6. Because in Acts chapter 6, they were to identify seven men they were honest and full of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you can't identify, that tells me that you can identify somebody who has a spirit. That also tells me you can identify those that don't. Right? If, if, that's, if, if they were supposed to find men that were full of the Holy Spirit and it wasn't apparent in their lives, then why would he tell them to make that a requirement? So, so you can be, we are to be filled, but we're not all filled. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To be yielded. <laughs> to be yielded to the Spirit of God. 
That, that we, that, that, and listen, it, it happened the same way. They would, they, they would pray, but if there was sin, they would confess, and, and then them being filled with the Spirit would serve. They were told they weren't even to go and witness in Jerusalem. They were to go back and wait until the Spirit of God came before they were to go and, and, and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because that filling of the Spirit is absolutely necessary in our Christian life. Because it doesn't matter how many doors I knock on. It doesn't matter how many of my friends I hand a tract to. Without the power of the, the Spirit of God, without the Spirit of God in me and working through me, guess what? I don't save anybody. Even if the Spirit of God's in me, I'm not the one saving. What did Paul say? Some, some have planted, some have watered, but God brings forth the increase. If we want to be yielded, if we want to be meek, we need to... to meekly submit ourselves to the word of God. We need to, to seek out the, the filling of the spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 21 and 23, through 23. Verse 21 says, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those were the works of the flesh, the fruit of the flesh, by the way. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. What's that one in verse 23? Meekness. Temperance against such. There is no law. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God so that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life. If we yield to the Spirit, we yield to the Word. We yield to, we're yielded to God. And in that, I believe, we find ourselves as they that are meek. We'll find ourselves blessed. Now, going back to Matthew 5, 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I believe uh, there are, there's two blessings here. I believe there's a earthly blessing and there's a inheritance, a future blessing. Right, right now, uh, as, as we yield ourselves to the word of God, as we yield ourselves to the, to the, to the things of God, uh, we will be successful. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to have a million dollars in the bank or you're going to get a promotion at work or a raise or, or drive a nice car. That's not the kind of success. That's, that's earthly, temporal success. But what does it say in Psalm chapter 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the way of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the seat of the... sitteth, stand, whatever, they're away from the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He goes on to talk about how, how he, uh, he will bear his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and, 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 and that he will prosper. Listen, I'm telling you, as we, as we dive into the word, as we yield ourselves to the word, as we yield ourselves to the spirit, and we, we allow this meekness to come through us as a fruit of the spirit, God will bless us. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be the earthly kind of blessing. But there will be a spiritual blessing here in your walk today. 
And remember where our true joy comes from. It doesn't come from the, 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 the money that you got from the tax man, if you got your taxes back yet. It doesn't come from the new car that you just bought or the, or, or, or the new house or any of those things. Those things are all temporal, temporary, and they'll, they'll, they'll rust, they'll corrupt, they'll go away. The tax man will take your money next year. It's all temporary. Maybe happiness, but not blessedness. Where does that blessedness come from? From our relationship with God. And as we're yielded to the, to the word of God, as we're yielded to the spirit of God, as we become meek, there will be an earthly spiritual blessing. I also believe that there's going to come a time when we're going to be in heaven and God's going to reward us. We'll be rewarded for the things that we did and we didn't do. So God, God knows our hearts. Sometimes we do things just because they need to be done. Uh, well, nobody else is going to do it. I want to do it. And I'm grateful when things, things get done. But if we do it out of duty, if we do it because we want to be seen, guess what? God sees all that. But if we do it because we're yielded to the Spirit of God and we allow God to lead us in those things, don't you th think God sees that too? He sees our hearts. One day we're going to stand before God and we'll, we will be rewarded for those things uh, that are tried by fire and they remain. And things that are done in the spirit of meekness, they'll remain. Well, I guess the question for this afternoon is where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself uh, broken in spirit, humble? Are you mourning over, have you mourned over your sin? Have you yielded yourself to his word and to his spirit? Not to what the pastor said. Not to what, not to what the, the standards are so you can come to church and look like everybody else. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. What I'm saying is, have you yielded yourself to, to God? Are you meek? If so, God will bless you. May God help us to apply this truth along with the others and the others that we're going to go across. God help us to apply it to our life. The, and listen, it's not going to come, you're not instantly going to be meek. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take hum, humbly going before the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I'm not as yielded as I could be. I'm not as yielded as I should be. Lord, help me. The Father looked at Jesus and said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I'm yielded. But Lord, in those areas that I'm not yielded, help me. I need it. I believe that we have a God who will answer. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truths uh, of your word. And Lord, I ask that you would, Lord, that you would bless us, help us to truly be yielded unto your word and to, to, allow, to allow you to have control in our lives. Lord, help us to take a good look and see Lord, if there's something that we're holding back, if there's some way in which we are, we are walking in our own ways or allowing our flesh to, to control. Lord, I pray that you, you'd show us those things. And Lord, I pray that you would help us then to, to repent of it. Lord, to, to humbly yield ourselves unto you. 
and to walk in the Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.